you beyond the borderline this is a podcast dedicated to exploring in a realistic and hopeful way what it's like to live with borderline personality disorder and other mental health problems. My name is Aline and I am your host for this podcast. I want to issue a proviso at the beginning of the podcast which is that this is absolutely not a substitute for professional mental health and or medical intervention. So please seek out those sources of support if you need them. And I also want to mention that I will be discussing topics such as self-harm and suicidal ideation and addiction that may be triggering for a number of people. I aim not to discuss those topics in a detailed way as I don't really think that adds anything to the discussion and does not really fit in with the mission of this podcast. However, in a spirit of being authentic about my life with borderline personality disorder, those topics will be mentioned in this and subsequent episodes. And I will do my best to issue trigger warnings before I start discussions about those or other potentially triggering topics. This is part one of a three-part podcast segment on relationships and BPD, specifically on relationships between people with BPD and NPD or narcissistic personality disorder or narcissistic traits. I want to thank Lucy Whitmarsh for tweeting me to suggest this topic. She said, some things I've been thinking about how I continually attract people with PDs or personality disorders into my life who are unkind or abusive or self-destructive, i.e. not working on themselves. Lucy, thank you. Well put. And I can relate. Though I have done a fair amount of work on healing in this area, I too have a history of attracting and being attracted to untreated personality disordered folks And I was one of those folks myself for years. I think this is an issue that affects a lot of us with BPD. And in my experience, these kinds of relationships can have really devastating consequences for our mental well-being and cause a reoccurrence of symptoms that may be life-threatening. I think it's fair to say that when we struggle to connect with ourselves and others in an effective or safe way, the people we attract will often mirror that difficulty. Hoping to find a healthy, balanced partner when we struggle to manage intimacy ourselves is a pipe dream. So the more we gain awareness, seek help for our struggles and work on ourselves, the more real and rich our relationships will be. We have to start with ourselves because no one else, no matter how much we love them or think we love them, can give us our sense of self or purpose. And no partner can heal our traumas and feelings of abandonment. That electric feeling of intense love that you have met the person who is going to, in quotes, save your life, is usually not real or sustainable. What is the solution? Well, I don't think there are easy solutions. I wish there were. However, I think it is possible to get space from destructive relationships or work on them if they are worth working on, which takes both people involved, of course, 
in order to deal with the underlying pain of abandonment, emptiness and instability that is the case for many of us with BPD. One problem I've encountered is the ongoing stigma towards those of us with a BPD diagnosis, which can prevent us from getting the help we need to deal with our symptoms and reassess and let go of destructive relationships, which can be a form of self-medication. Another problem is the economic deprivation that many of us face due to the impact our mental health has on our ability to work and therefore access private treatment and therapy. Again, I don't think there are easy solutions. However, I do believe that we can find resources to help ourselves if we look. I have experienced this firsthand. Now, I am not currently in a relationship and haven't been for quite a while. However, I have managed to detach myself from some very destructive ones and focus on myself more so that I'm more resilient, independent and have a stronger sense of myself. The tools that have allowed me to reach this point are therapy, psychiatric intervention and medication, peer support and rediscovering things that nurture me like creativity. Peer support online and in person, has been instrumental in helping me to let go of destructive relationships of all kinds. I have weathered many low points and a lot of anger about the lack of resources available to support me in my healing, often for financial reasons. And I have also been proactive in looking for anything that could help me. In this podcast episode, I decided to focus specifically on relationships between people with borderline personality disorder and narcissistic people, including people with narcissistic personality disorder, because so many of us with BPD seem to be drawn to narcissists. And because such relationships, I believe, can be extremely dangerous, even life-threatening for us, if one or both people are untreated. Although narcissistic abuse affects people without BPD, in this episode, I will be focusing on issues specific to BPD folks. If you're looking for information about narcissism and its effects on relationships, you will find a lot out there on narcissistic abuse. I devoured this material and found it incredibly helpful when I first realised that I was repeatedly attracted to different kinds of narcissistic personalities. I will list some of these resources in the episode description. The thing that I found with a lot of this material, though, is that the authors would often lump people with borderline personality disorder in with psychopaths and sociopaths, classifying us as dangerously personality disordered people of bad moral character. And this made it really hard for me to take the information in as I felt discriminated against and misunderstood. I do not see myself in any way similar to a psychopath or a sociopath, thank you very much. However, I do acknowledge that untreated BPD can sometimes result in abusive behaviour towards self and others. I believe that people with borderline personality disorder generally are extremely empathetic, which is not a quality associated with psychopaths and sociopaths. I do not want to make generalisations about anyone with any personality disorder 
And yet I do have personal experience of how dangerous people with untreated narcissistic personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder can be. So rather than focus on one personality disorder or another, I have decided to consider how both people in a destructive relationship, both the person with BPD and the other person, often with narcissistic traits or a full-blown narcissistic personality disorder, can contribute to a very unhealthy relationship dynamic. And to focus on what, if you do identify with this dynamic, you can do about it. So the first step is to ask, why do people with BPD attract those with narcissistic personality disorder and narcissistic traits and vice versa? In an article I found in Psychology Today by Eleanor Greenberg, PhD, she states, quote, most people choose partners who are their approximate equals with regard to understanding how to sustain intimacy. In other words, since those of us with BPD to varying degrees may not have learnt from an early age how to have healthy relationships of any kind, including with ourselves, it's very likely that we will be drawn to others who also struggle in this area. In addition, people with personality disorders struggle with what Greenberg calls, quote, whole object constancy, quote, or the ability to see people as whole with both positive and negative aspects. So when you put a person with BPD together with a person with NPD, they actually have quite similar struggles with intimacy and with seeing others as whole people, even if their symptoms manifest differently. We both split, that is, seeing people as all good or all bad rather than in shades of grey, though our behaviours and desires may vary. It makes sense then that these two could be attracted to each other. Now, for those of us with BPD, the feeling of being, quote, in love, quote, can be extremely intoxicating because often it covers over feelings of emptiness and abandonment that come from childhood. One characteristic of people with BPD is that we have intense and often unstable involvements, which is something that NPD people also thrive on. People with full-blown narcissistic personality disorder and with narcissistic traits often have the ability to present themselves as incredibly charming, attentive and empathetic. In fact, it would seem worshipping the ground we walk on. This can feel incredible, particularly to those of us with BPD. The problem is that it doesn't last. Like us, NPD people split others into black and white. Often they seek perfection and status. So when we inevitably stop matching up to their unrealistic ideals of what they expect from a partner, they start to devalue and invalidate us. To those of us with BPD, invalidation is incredibly triggering. Now, it can be really hard to accept that we're being invalidated after the intense love bombing we get drawn into at the outset of a relationship with someone who has narcissistic personality disorder. Does any of this ring a bell for you? It certainly does for me. 
Looking back, I realised I was drawn to people who seemed, seemed being the operative word, very strong, confident and in charge of their lives because I, I felt so confused, fragmented, emotionally disconnected and lost. The thought of being in a relationship with such a person was extremely seductive because I had little idea of who I was at the core. So I needed someone to cling to to give me meaning, I thought. The added X factor was the intense quote-unquote soulmate connection I felt with certain people I was attracted to, not realising I was seeing some kind of echo of my own childhood traumas and maladaptive living strategies rather than a genuine compatibility. Society and culture are full of messages about soulmates and love at first sight. I'm not saying either is impossible to find, but for those of us with BPD, I believe these notions are to be considered with caution. If you have BPD, that intense soulmate attraction is often a big red flag that you have met someone with narcissistic traits. I know it does feel good, and at the same time, it's not necessarily healthy. This could apply to any relationship, romantic, friendship, work colleague. If you feel inextricably drawn to someone and yet you barely know them, and if they reflect this back to you, bear in mind you may be about to get involved in something that cannot and will not last. Those of us with untreated personality disorders find it very hard to accept criticism and disagreement. We tend to become enraged when we perceive rejection or disagreement. And those of us with BPD may express this rage by hurting ourselves, lashing out at others, losing the ability to self-care, avoidance, engaging in compulsive behaviours, trying to appease and become like the other person to avoid confrontation and dissociating. This is not a complete list. If we are not working on learning effective ways to regulate our emotions and tolerate criticism and disagreement, which are part of life, being involved with someone who experiences similar struggles and expresses them through raging, verbal and possibly physical abuse, cruelty and gaslighting is a recipe for disaster. If you have just met someone you are really drawn to, there are a few coping tools you can try to slow things down so you have the opportunity to make a more reality-based assessment of whether or not they are a suitable partner, friend or colleague for you. This is not about right or wrong. It's about giving yourself as much choice as possible in how you react. My first coping tip is recognise red flags. Write them down, consider them, and share them with others on the same wavelength. Some common red flags include feeling intense and overwhelming love for someone you have only met a couple of times. Thinking that someone you recently met is your soulmate and can fulfil all your needs and that you can't live without them. Thinking you have just met someone who can rescue and take care of you getting obsessed about changing your appearance or character to, quote, please someone you recently met, thinking that another person secretly loves you and just needs time to reveal his or her love for you. If you find yourself getting persistently lost in these kinds of thoughts and feelings in relation to another person, take a step back 
Again, this is not about good or bad. It's about doing what's right for you. I know it can be disappointing to hear this because those feelings of intense love are very intoxicating. However, they are often not based in reality. Remember, no human being can rescue you and fulfil all your needs. No person who encourages you to change yourself to, quote, make them happy, quote, is worth giving your energy to. And someone who is consistently inconsistent, saying one thing and acting in another way, is someone who may not be a healthy choice for a relationship. It is pretty common for those of us with BPD to experience the kinds of urges, thoughts and emotions I described even when we're working hard to get better. In my experience, recovery is not linear and I do not suddenly become a magically healthy person who attracts other magically healthy people. The key is, the more we are aware and the more tools and resources we find to help us, the more chance we have of acting in a way that supports our health, well-being and self-esteem. Are we checking our emotional reactions against the facts of the situation or are we treating them as an absolute reality? Is our behaviour and emotional state starting to affect our work lives, self-care and daily routines detrimentally? Do we have some kind of support network who can give us non-judgmental feedback? Having a red flag checklist you can pull out, refer to and reflect on can buy you some time when you feel yourself getting overwhelmed. The other day I met someone I took a real shine to. While chatting with him he revealed something quite personal. In addition to finding him physically attractive, he came across to me as decisive, confident and independent. Now I'm not saying that he's a narcissist. After our chat though, I noticed I felt really overwhelmed and that I was thinking I can't live without him, which is the kind of thinking I often have around other people who are narcissistic or emotionally unavailable. I want to emphasise that I had this thought after one conversation and I actually had a brief episode of suicidal ideation based on my thoughts and intense feelings about this person. Rationally, this did not make sense, and yet I was feeling how I was feeling. So what was different here from when I was in abusive, conflicted relationships that sometimes went on for years, thinking and feeling pretty much the same kind of things? Well, first of all, I have a more stable sense of identity and values and a clearer connection to reality. And this is the result of much work in therapy with peer support and psychiatric intervention. Even though I did have a strong emotional reaction, which freaked me out a bit, I recognised clearly that I met this person in a work context and that I want to preserve my reputation and ability to focus in that environment. I was able to hang on to that. I am also more able to validate myself and I have a better support system than I used to. So I was able to share these thoughts and feelings with peers who validated and also challenged me and to tell myself that it's absolutely fine to be attracted to people 
This was not about punishing myself or shaming myself for being attracted to this guy. I reflected that my emotional intensity was something of a red flag and that until I get to know this person better and I'm able to manage my mood and thoughts while I get to know him, I don't know whether this person is a potential partner or date. It was difficult and I did end up by engaging in a minor target behaviour And when I shared this with my support network, I was able to figure out that I was feeling sad and lonely and to come up with a way of dealing with my own feelings more successfully. I have briefly discussed certain emotional states and urges those of us with borderline personality disorder may experience in relationship that could be viewed as signposts or red flags that we need to pay attention to in order to look after ourselves. Now I will share a few red flags we could look for in the behaviours of the people we are drawn to. The first one is something that every narcissistic person I have ever encountered has done. Shortly after meeting me, they start talking about ex-partners, girlfriends and other people they are interested in. If your date or friend or lover starts talking about someone else they seem to be obsessed with, consider this a big red flag. It's very rude, and unless it's a brief mention, they may be testing you to see how much you will tolerate their talking about and even comparing you to another person. Secondly, pay attention if they start making little digs about your clothes appearance or anything else in between being super intense in their praise and adoration of you. These kinds of digs, I believe, have to do with narcissistic folks splitting and wanting an unrealistic, in quotes, perfect object that fits their fantasy. This is another red flag. Thirdly, if they seem just too good to be true, to have everything in common with you and to want to drop everything in their lives to help you achieve all of your goals and essentially devote themselves to you, just as you may feel emotionally devoted to them within a few meetings, this is another red flag. If he or she seems too good to be true, he or she usually is. Again, you may want to add these and anything else you find troubling down to refer to in future on your red flags checklist. In conclusion, remember that finding a therapist, counsellor, support group, doctor or some combination of these to be your anchors will help you to check facts and figure out whether or not a relationship is working for you. If you feel threatened, unsafe or undermined in a relationship and if it's affecting your health and self-esteem, please seek out resources that can help you. I will list some in the episode notes. You are a decent person who deserves to be safe, valued and appreciated. And that will do it for today's part one of a three-part episode on borderline personality disordered folks and relationships, specifically relationships with people who have narcissistic personality disorder and narcissistic traits. I'd love your feedback as always, and you can tweet me at 
beyond the B-O-R-D-E-3 on Twitter. And that's at beyond the border, except the R at the end of border is substituted with a three. So that's beyond the B-O-R-D-E-3. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to get your feedback. Until next time, I wish you a peaceful 24 hours and at the very least, a few peaceful moments in your day. Stay safe and look after you.